This is Comictating, the comic book review arm of the Nerdables family of podcasts. And as always, Comictating is generously sponsored by Earth 2 Comics. Let the nerds take over! Us? Huh? Yeah. Love the end of summer. Love August yeah. out here in the valley. It was a uh, hundred and five when I left my house. Woo! That's so just insane. It's miserable. It's not good. Although my air conditioner is finally fixed, so I'm very happy. About oh, that's that. true. Yeah, I we don't have air conditioning in our home because it was built in like caveman times, um, and we've never been able to really do anything about it because you have to tear the house apart in order to do it. So it is, it is a struggle. To find enough fans to keep you, to keep I you sat cool. outside last night and read. Well, you know what I read last night? I finally read uh, the Varger, the James Bond book from Dynamite. How'd you like it? So good. Like it's reading really... it in one shot. Yes, reading it's it so as good. A trade. We'll get to Rebirth later, but I want to. Varger was so good. It was, it was so like a Bond film. Yes, yes. In, in, in the best possible ways, and he's so awesome. Warren Ellis like... did an amazing job. In fact, that's first recommendation. If you get a chance to. Pick up the trade of James Bond Varger. It's Dynamite and Warren Ellis. And the, the hardcover is great because it has every cover. So yes. It has all the extra covers. You've got great other people that did like uh, Frank Avella. There's some painted covers that are in there. It was really, really it's good. good. Like I, I've, I've been a Warren Ellis fan for a long time. There's very few things that Ellis has done that I don't like. I think he's doing trees and I'm like, I don't know what the heck this is. Right, right. It's, it's like an odd cerebral. thing here and there. Supreme Blue Rose that he did like a takeoff on Supreme from awesome entertainment from a, a long time ago but definitely the this piece was great and the artist i should have brought the thing because the art is so good i i the action is so, so well, done. well done the the scene in the warehouse oof, just beat by beat and piece by piece and you can really see changes up his style all the time he, it's it's almost a sense of cross-sectioning a lot of stuff that yes. he does where kind of like takes it back and removes the wall and you can see in one panel the way that james would move through and something. take out all three of these bad guys Oh, man, so it was good. good. It was so good. It's a really good amalgamation of the books, and he's got that ruthlessness that none of the Bonds have really ever had. Well, I think the Daniel Craig's kind of does. It's, it's closer close. to that. Uh, yeah, definitely. Timothy Dalton the... had that, too, because he dropped no, Benicio Tim... Del Toro into a rock crusher. Timothy Dalton was never Bond ever. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, the, the Timothy Dalton films are actually very good. He gets a short shift. Very underrated. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that book is so good. That I opening actually... sequence where he's going through the construction site and the guy's running away. You don't see him. Yeah. You don't see Bond at all. And all you see is a cinder block just drop on this guy's back yeah. and he's paralyzed. And James Bond just casually walks up to him. Amazing. Yeah, he's got a little bit more of a fight in him after that. Oh, it was so... Because that's the feel. It's got that cold opening... And then it's very quick, and that has nothing to do with the rest of the film. Rest of the film. So yes, he called it a film. The rest of the book, except M tells him, you know, it's such a simple. This is you screw up every other mission. You make it go way too long. Right. But I give you this, and it's like I'm in and out. You're done. You go and you kill this guy, and you're out of the you're way. Finished. Right. Yeah. And it was really the, the the it's very British. You know, Warren Ellis obviously being an English writer. Right. He knows Bond. Yeah. And, and it's got he's got the, the quips that are in there, and there's the 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 language is very. You know, uh, it's he's very British. Yeah, he's really, allowing really, himself really to write the King's yeah, English. Yeah, King's English, and it's it's really really good. And he does his best to modernize things. He's uh, it definitely takes place in the now. It it's very it's very much in the present. M is the, the robotics uh, and nanotechnology and stuff like that. Uh, so. M is black. Yeah, Money Penny is black in this one. Money Penny was one character I looked at and I was like, yeah, that kind of like a like the film. Obviously, Money Penny in the yes. last two Bond films has been 
has been black. So, and I think that that's the, and I like that he sort of brought in the element of, especially for a character like James Bond, which Ian Fleming kind of dealt with it, but the movies touched on a little bit more by the time he got to Pierce Brosnan. Is that Bond is kind of this old relic of the old wars. Well, that's what Skyfall time. is. That's all Skyfall. Skyfall is. Skyfall is that. It went into, um, well, I can't remember the one. Because the... they did that in Gold, uh, GoldenEye as well. In the opening yeah. of GoldenEye, she what's, basically what's the, calls him a Cold film? War relic. Spectre. Spectre. Uh, that idea that, you know, he's a blunt instrument in a time of finely tuned scalpels in yes. the intelligence community. But sometimes you just need somebody who knows how to go kill somebody. Right. And, you know, and hard intelligence and stuff like that. So. And that's what I sort of like that you have Bond, who's a very classic style character with uh, a modern, diverse cast of characters. Yeah. And I think that's a very it's a very genuine way to update a character like that if you read the the current bond books they're all very very good I'm, i've loved trigger mortis is really really good there's a few others that have come out in the last few years and of course there's classics like colonel sun really really good it, it's as a guy who collects bond books it's definitely gone on my bond bookshelf you, you need to meet my friend doug because uh bond is his favorite uh, uh, brand, you know, whatever or yeah. whatever you want to franchise, call it. franchise that type. He loves, but used to be Bond would be the only film he'd go see in a theater uh, throughout a year or whatever. So at some point, I got to get the two of you together. He's a huge Bond fan, uh, like me. He really loves Skyfall. That was one of his favorites. Yeah. So. Oh yeah, especially of all the Craig movies, it you easily like too, yeah. topped out over Casino Royale, which I didn't care for originally when I first saw it, but it's grown lo- on me. I loved Casino Royale because it was so it was so different. Yeah, because I grew to just resent the the Bronson movies. I'm just like, dude, the the camp and the craziness. I just I'm I'm over it. I, this isn't the type of film that I want. And then you do Casino Royale, and I'm like, yeah, this is it right here. This is what I want. I loved it. It was. I think the only thing that the first time I saw it I had a problem was like I'm not following like who's who and right. what's, who's going where, but in in subsequent viewings it's just that's become a favorite casino royale i still like because it's in that same tone yes yeah i understand it's not as well put together it's very much like uh especially when you look at like like pierce brosnan if we're going to talk modern bonds pierce brosnan's GoldenEye is very very grounded and solid and it doesn't have too much of a crazy plot and it's it's easily the best of it's the easily the best like i said as it get towards the end that yeah. the last one with Halle Berry, I don't even remember the name of it. It's Die Another Day. It is but so I need to talk insanely to, stupid. It's so bizarre, but I need to talk to other Bond fans about it, because a couple months ago there was an amazing Reddit thread on R. James Bond, and as a guy who's read the books and never having made the connection before, he sits down and he's like, so I just rewatched Die Another Day, and I realized it's a remake and adaptation of Moonraker, but it's the proper adaptation of Moonraker because <laughs> the one in the seventies is this crazy space adventure. The one in the seventies is, hey, let's do Star, Star Wars, Wars, but with James Bond. And how Hugo, do we get in space with lasers? And Hugo Drax isn't really the Hugo Drax of the books because in the books, Hugo Drax is kind of like an Elon Musk. He's a tech giant, beloved yeah. by all. He's knighted, but he's really a secret agent for the Nazis. And then when you get to Die Another Day, you have. Uh, the villain of the movie, Gustav Graves, who's a tech magnate, beloved by all. He's getting knighted. He's building a new technology to save the world. But unlike in the original book, Moonraker, who's building, he's building uh, intercontinental ballistic missiles in secret. He's building a space laser, which... Yeah, he's building the Death Star. He's building the Death Star, which pulls a little bit too much from the 70s movie. Yeah. But once I sat there, I was like, oh shit, it is Moonraker. Yeah. I never... 
I feel like a bad Bond fan now, and I how need do, to talk to other how people. How do you make that connection? Come yeah, on. Why do you not like that connection? It hit me. It's like, he is Hugo Drax. Yeah. Coincidentally, the guy who plays Gustav Graves uh, is the voice actor for uh, one of the Bond radio shows, one or two of them. Huh. So he himself became a Bond later on. Very interesting. Even, you know, because the later Roger Moore ones got dumber and dumber. They did. And then Pierce Brosnan was kind of like, okay, let's scale it back to a more hard quote-unquote realistic st- and then those got dumber and they're like no let's go way back let's go back and let's just go to it's the it's the the, daniel gray me and my friend travis who are huge bond fans we have that the problem with bond movies is that like they can't help themselves get to like that escalation game mm-hmm. you have to top yourself every movie and that's sort of the curse of every sequel so that's why i like skyfall because it's like it, it felt smaller to it did me feel smaller because it really was just it, it's so grounded in him right there's not a ton of technology in it right when right. it goes around except for what the bad guy is doing and yeah. it's all information you look at it and go i could see that yeah um that's why i i gained even specter has the same thing even specter has the same thing and it's not a crazy huge plot it's why uh especially with the if you're following the presidential elections like the media and the news organizations there that's sort of like the big buzz of like you know, the media not covering things properly or having their own agendas. And I recently rewatched Tomorrow Never Dies, which yes. is the one about the, the, the media mogul, like the Steve, jo- like the evil yeah. Steve Jobs media mogul control, literally creating the news stories well, to start a war. It's, it's um, uh, the head of Fox News. Oh, I can't remember his name. for the uh, Rupert Murdoch. Time. Rupert Murdoch. That's, you know, when every time when that film came out, everyone's like, it's a thinly veiled, you know, attempted at Rupert yeah, Murdoch. And yeah, and, and that, they're, they're creating the drama between yeah. communities and to me not a great film either but no. i love the the idea the is idea very is, is one of very those things, sanguine like, yeah this is very i'd very like modern. for somebody to go back to like that's that's such a decent plot of the media controlling the narratives and basically making the news in their own favor to make money but then they also get to have a war it's that old uh 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 hearst quote like, you provide the pictures i'll provide the war yeah and i feel like in today's that there's movie. still people is absolutely convinced that that he was the one that that blew up the ship yeah yeah you know, that he oh my the, gosh yeah yeah that and he paid the the guys who, who not blew up the ship but bombed the ship but the sabotage hole in it. Yes. yeah the uh so i feel like that's a movie that feel that is deserved of another bond-esque plot very interesting to see where bond goes if you know daniel craig has said it's the last one yeah and everything i think there's obviously still one more there but it's it, it, you kind of i think bond works really well when it gets smaller yeah. When it gets more, you know, you build, you put those shells in it, and it's just, you know, very much about the intelligence community, old versus new, and stuff like that. Yeah. It works very well. So that's a yeah. We just we just talked there go. quite 11, a bit about eleven minutes of bond talk. Of, of bond talk, and I hope that's you get okay. out there and check out Varger. It's really Varger is really good. It's really really good. I'm excited for uh, to get the next trade because I read I read the first two issues, and then I think we sold out of three before I got a chance to pick it up, and I knew I was going to get it trade anyway, so I was like forget it I'll just yeah wait. it definitely as as a book and andy diggles doing the the new miniseries yeah yeah which so. is another creator and like yeah that's really good for bond yeah you know, i gotta put that in your pool by the way oh thank you yes yeah, so i was actually gonna ask you about it but andy diggle coming back to do a bond book yeah. is fascinating to me no it's it's dynamite's got some pieces that that, that really work there's other stuff that eventually we'll cut we'll we'll start covering other stuff but we we kind of latched on to this idea of rebirth which uh, DC is continuing to roll out. I think there's another month of number ones, and then we're gonna get to the point where we're, we're winding down. Yeah, we're getting ones. to the point where we're, we're gonna find some other books and some old trades and stuff to give you guys. But this week, uh, I saw a lot of new releases. But there are three new number ones and or rebirth specials. We're gonna start out with Suicide Squad 
we know uh, was it last week or the week before that we had the re- it was uh, the week it before was, it was the week before it was, for the movie it was a movie uh, but now we have Suicide Squad number one proper the beginning of the regular series is the one everyone was excited about because Jim Lee is doing the pencils for this um, Jim Lee is one of those names is you know even gosh it's got to be 25 30 years since this uh, is yeah 91 was x-men one seven million copies of x-men one jim lee the superstar artist but jim lee comes back rob williams is writing uh scott williams is inking for jim lee as he normally does alex sinclair does the color and another jim lee staple yes uh the trifecta of of the people who work with jim lee yeah, we're kind of just thrown right in it. We have uh, Amanda Waller, really the, the omniscient mar- the narrator that's here throughout the, the, the pages. We have Waller going to uh, the Bell Rev Penitentiary outside of Louisiana, putting together a squad. She's there with Rick Flagg, which if you've read the uh, special or listened to us for the Rebirth special, Flagg is, con- is commanding the Suicide Squad as kind of their moral center, their command officer. And we're introduced to Katana who is not a criminal, who's his second in command, someone who is there to help Rick uh, ostensibly keep this team under control. And then the um, very Bond-esque type prison where they pick their team and they're picked up out of these cells by these giant claw arms and then put into this glass case that they're in or whatever. Kind of reminds me of... uh the Steven Spielberg minority report a little with bit. The, uh, yeah. The, the sleep prison. Everybody was in those little pods. Yeah. yeah. The same idea. So we're introduced to our team. We've got Harley, of course, Cap- uh, I always want to say Captain Boomerang sporting a rebirth t-shirt. Yes. <laughs> I'm surprised that the, that in prison, they let them have their own clothes. They walk out of uh, the little, the fact they walk out of the cells with guns. Yes. Uh, Deadshot's got his guns. Harley has her guns. Uh, so we've Deadshot, killer croc, Harley, uh, June Bloom, who of course is the in, in, wait is it Enchantress? I think it's Enchantress. Oh yeah, I yeah. believe so. Yeah, um, and Boomerang Katana. And what we've discovered is that there is a piece of technology, some sort of cosmic thing that has fallen to Siberia. Speaking of space. Speaking of space. And the team is going to be sent to get it because, of course, the U.S. military can't go in because it's an invasion of a foreign land. Right. So they're going to drop this crew in. Uh, Waller really talks about the idea that, that evil exists and uh, she will use it. It's a very good opening monologue. Yeah. Well, again, she kind of does that. That uh, She said what you said, where you can drop men. If anything happens, it's, hey, there's a bunch of villains trying to grab some super weapon. Yes. You know, whatever is dropped is, is a, uh, as she puts it, uh, a, a piece of inf- immense power and game-changing weapon of this cosmic item. It's something that a bunch of a group of villains would go get right or try to go get um and harley's got her cell phone uh harley's the, playing a pokemon Poke-cutie. or whatever a poke cutie cutie i still uh, love it sometimes when they just can't use the real name just like really do you really think like nintendo's gonna sue you because you put pokemon in one issue the simpsons did it yes and the goes simpsons to buy the tv i love sorny at panaphonics <laughs> panaphonics stuff <laughs> that's dead at uh so yeah so we have the team and of course something goes wrong and they're starting to they're in danger. Um, we actually, they don't even get to the start of the mission, but what I really like about it, I like Waller's, the Waller stuff is really well done. It's, the, yeah. She's easily like the strongest and most really well-defined character. Uh, I mean, a lot of the characters in the book, they're sort of going on the fact that, you know, a little bit about Killer Croc, you know, a little bit about Harley Quinn, but Amanda Waller's characterization has, especially from the new yeah. 52 has changed. And she's sort of gone back to the really like hard as nails, 
yeah uh character again and she's not so much foxy brown she's gone back to that if you uh know of justice league unlimited if you've never read any of the comics that very much like in control hard-edged and is willing to do what it takes yeah and i appreciate that that's the character they're really focusing on building here and i'm kind of flag and that and rick flag because again he's a guy that they sort of set up as like all-american hero but then you see him in a prison and we don't really know how he got from yeah. all-American hero to prisoner. But here he's he's got that Captain America vibe to him. I mean, yes. he's definitely the good guy. And so you're left, you know, if, if you've got There's also, any uh, sensibility for it, it's you're rooting for him. You know, editor's you're sort of note. Like, uh, the Frick flag is spelled with two Gs in one panel and one G. He, he scrapes it off. He scrapes it off. He's just sitting there. He's like, I don't oh, want this. I don't want, nobody's going to. Later. Yeah, there's something in one of the other books. I was like, well, that's not right. Um, the, the weapons. It was the, one of the weapons, I Maybe. think, in the book. Um, oh, it was something this week that I went through, and I was like, that doesn't seem to fit. Anyway, uh, yeah, so the, it, it's it's they, they really focus on, you get a lot of Flag, you get a lot of Waller, you get a lot of Captain Boomerang as kind of the, uh, the loose cannon, I guess. He is loose thing. cannon, and I, I, Captain Boomerang is one of my favorite Flash villains, and I do want to see him in a Flash book again soon. But... I'm sure he'll be there. They did not go with the Jai Courtney version of him, though. No one should go with the Jai Courtney version of him. Poor Jai Courtney. Stop trying to make Jai Courtney happen. It's not going to happen. Uh, so yeah, it it is a it is a half size book. Um, it is. It is. If we're going to get every two weeks, we're going to get Jim Lee for six months. Every two weeks, the book's going to have to be half size, unfortunately. Uh, but it's a good half. It is it's a really good half. good half. I, I did like it better than the than the. Um... It felt uh, more focused. Yeah, the be... story was more focused. I feel like in the other one, like they were rescuing the scientist, and they were kind of doing a lot of panel jumping and character. Well, yeah, jumping. because the, I think the rescuing the scientist wasn't the story. It was right. just kind of there to show you what they were doing. doing. Yes. So you really didn't get a lot of big sense of the mission, and of course, you know, hopefully you've read it. If you haven't, it's a spoiler. But when they get to the point where they just kill the scientist. You're sort of like that's it was that's just a, a sense squad. to show you what the squad would do. They they take they take the stance that Batman wouldn't. You know, Batman would have saved him. These guys are like, no, yeah, just, they, they're not allowed to. We have don't need him. him anymore. It's just yeah, let's just off him. And because it is a half size book, to note, the book does end with their landing in the middle of Russia. They sort of crash through the ice in the ocean, and that's where our A story stops. Yeah. Two short stories here. The second story is a personnel file on Deadshot, and I'm really hoping they continue these. Yeah. And we're getting just little vignette stories on each of our characters, and the first week is Deadshot, and I, the artwork is the first thing that really, really blew me away. And it's good to see Cobra. I enjoy seeing Cobra. Cobra! Yes, Cobra, but, uh, but, uh, the... I've been if, watching the beginning of the 1986 G.I. Joe movie, like, over and over again, because it's on my saved videos. I love that. That opening is amazing. For the movie? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know the story behind it. It was originally mm-hmm. the end sequence, and they ran out of money, and then had to just turn it into their opening sequence. It was so good, though. So, yeah, we've got Floyd Lawton, we've got how, uh, Amanda Waller approaches him to essentially be potentially part of the team because later on rick flag is going to sort of make their choices but she's going to everybody and i kind of like that a lot yeah and they do the the um the more complicated uh uh, floyd lawton who kind of rides that line between good guy and bad guy he's more than just a mercenary right he's a family man and stuff like that but you know someone who has a daughter and he's trying to move her and yeah there's just there's a lot of pieces and again i don't want to give away even really too much of that because i really like the introduction of him here and kind of how he gets to the point that he's at why is he in jail um 
he's very much a he's very much a character who's like you know he yeah he's not so much like just an evil mercenary but the idea is is that it is it is partially a job for him too he's not uh you know when he's sent to kill somebody he is sent to kill somebody and he's not well i gotta do it it's a job it's the the idea that there is something a little bit more to just him like i'm gonna shoot this guy oh i'm gonna go after batman this week more than just sort of that generic villain and i always enjoy giving the villains a little bit extra yeah, if you want someone who's a little more, a more complicated, a little more layers to him, you know, it's it's the kind of what they gave him through um, Gail Simone's Secret Six, where yes, he became exactly. such a popular character. The villains united, and then Secret Six, um, to to make him a little more interesting. He'll be a standout character within the group that they have because he's not uh, he's not just a an archetype type character like someone like Boomerang is going to probably be or Crocodile or you know or Killer Croc or whatever Crocodile <laughs> yeah they have a crocodile um so yeah it's 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 a good second part again I, I liked it better than even having it split I, I liked it better than the the Rebirth special again because it was much more focused the second story obviously is focused as it has one mission is to tell you how did Lawton end up and where he's at right now where Waller comes to him and says I need you know if you want to do something worthwhile right. we're going to do it this way right exactly really really solid you get a bit of a team up uh, no spoilers on that but there is there is more to this dead shot and I appreciate that yeah so moving from there another number one we've got Batgirl and the Birds of Prey uh, again Rebirth special just a little while ago got the we Bensons have, we've got the Benson Julian Shauna Benson and the writers Claire Rowe is the artist uh, I mean she does the pencils and inks and Alan Pasalacqua? Again, we apo- we're terrible with names. And Pasolo- if we're Pasolo- butchering Pasolo- the names, we're very, very sorry. Why can't they just hire people whose last names are Smith? Uh, Pasalacqua. Pasalacqua? 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 Maybe. That's what I'm going to go with. Alan, if you're listening, I'm sorry. We're sorry. Please, give us a call. Please let us know. Let us know. Call the store. Let me know how give the us heck a, give us a good to phonetic. pronounce your last name. Give us a good phonetic spelling. Especially as somebody who gets a mispronounced last name all the time, like, dude, I can't even pronounce your last. I name. I know, I know the, I know the pain. Sometimes I call your phone when I know you're not going to answer it because you pronounced your last name on, on, on my the, voicemail. On the voicemail, like, wait, what is it? Bam, there it is. I won't even leave you a message. Like the hell with it. Uh, but we jump in pretty much where we left off in the rebirth special of Helena uh, Bertinelli or Huntress has stumbled upon this team which of course in the pre-new 52 this team had been together so we open with like a flashback of of black canary working with oracle you know black canaries on a train and oracle the the non-walking babs is walking her through what she needs to do so we have a flashback showing that these characters have been together before and then we jump in as the two characters as babs and dinah are trying to keep helena from uh, tracking down and killing a, uh, a a mob boss or a mob right. person is as Helene is out for revenge yes, for the is, death of her family. This is uh, this is still very much taking a lot of cues from the pre New Fifty Two version of Hanella Bertinelli, uh, and I I do appreciate getting a character like that back because the Helena Wayne one was was a very was a very interesting way to go making the Earth Two sort of left over and she became huntress and was stealing identities. And it'll be interesting to see if that ever really comes back around. Yeah. 
Uh, but for the most part, you're getting uh, a new version of the Huntress who's very much in the same fashion of the pre-New 52 Huntress. Yeah, the way that she was introduced in the New 52 is the same way here. She's someone who has no compunctions with killing the bad guys. Right. Uh, and she definitely, through her work through Spiral, she knows who Diana and Barbara are. She knows right. that Batgirl and Black Canary have their secret identities. She knows them and uses it as a way <clears throat> to kind of uh, take them off their game. To co- yeah, to, yeah, to basically coerce them into assisting her. Yeah, and being... get away from there. We're given a subplot after that as they return to the Watchtower. Bar- uh, Babs has, or Barbara has gotten their old headquarters down. And then they have something. This is the thing that I took issue with. Because Barbara, when Huntress lets them know that they have, or she has their secret identities, Barbara loses her mind. And Diana's the one that has to kind of talk her back into reality, where Barbara's just kind of all over the place, like, you don't understand, we gotta go, we gotta follow, we gotta, it's like, hold on, hold on. And then they get back to the uh, to the watchtower, and they see these two characters that uh, um, are attempting to break in, basically, and then Barbara's phone rings. Right. And I'm like, if you're telling me that a lot of Barbara's backstory is the same, and her time with Oracle is somewhat the same, she just can't make that mistake. She right. just doesn't make that mistake. So I'm gonna th- I'm just gonna put that out there a little note of contention. I, I really didn't like uh, I didn't like Barbara's characterization through here. I did like Diana a lot, and I liked uh, I liked Helena a lot, especially when they get you know they, they come into contact with each other again. There's a big right. fight sequence, and Diana's you still is that kind of hey let's just she she tries to let's, keep it yeah, as level chill. as we can. There's there's a lot the the book is filled with sort of a lot going on, and but yeah I will say it's that. Uh, a, sort of that uh, the genius at work moment from The Simpsons, where it's like, wait a second, this is a, a, a bizarre inconsistency, especially for Barbara's character. Yeah, it kind of feels like they 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 it feels like a, that a moment that should be tense that it is tense in the book, but shouldn't be as tense for somebody who, going by the previous knowledge of what we know of her time as Oracle and Batgirl, should not be such a gigantic deal. The way that she. The way she handles it is a little strange. And the way that she was characterized in the New 52, if we're going with that backstory, it's not her character. Even when they tried to portray her a little bit younger, she didn't turn into like a complete doofus. The the how do you do fellow youth Yeah, so I'm just sort of like, okay. She was definitely more put together, especially if you go back and read her time through the... um, death of the family yeah. arc where she's she's very put together and she's very much a part of that team that decides to walk away from bruce right because being level-headed she's like i can't trust you it's a big emotional but i'm outburst. better than this yeah so this is just yeah um no I I, I I liked it i don't know if i loved it but i did like it again it, i thought it was better than the than the rebirth special because the rebirth specials are good uh there's a few that were great there's some that have been pretty good and, and they serve their purpose but the number ones really kind of get you into the story right as we're here we know you know i don't think it's a spoiler to say that the three of them end up together you know right. working together the, the so. team is formed in this issue and not it's not something very very hard to predict but i'm intrigued by the team dynamics i really like what they're going we've got uh, a great moment with the guy that they're after as they're chasing him down and right as they're about to kill him like oh they're gonna start getting information he's like look i'll talk i'll talk they get that really good, like, bad cop, good cop moment where he's just kind of watching as their own personal problems unfold. Yeah. And he's like, what? Let's go. You know what? No, I'm... I, I, what, who, what am I surrendering to here? What yeah, am I doing? What am I, what am I doing? You know what? One yeah, person I'm, I'm going to just me. tell you everything. Yeah, it's it's got some classic tropes in it, so... In a good way. I mean, it's 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 a good comic. Like I said, there's a lot of books this week, but we're just going to do the number ones. It's a Rebirth special for Supergirl. Uh, Supergirl is... I think it's a Rebirth special. Uh, Supergirl Rebirth number one, yeah. Yeah, Supergirl. Okay, it's on the bottom, yeah, not it, the top. 
Yep. I, gotta, I gotta know the trade dress. I gotta know the trade dress. That's, yes, that's how you know that it's the one shot, is if yeah. Rebirth is on the bottom. It's on the bottom. Like rebirth the is bigger than the title, then it's the, the one shot. If the title's bigger than Rebirth, then it's the regular issue. Uh, Steve Orlando writing, Emanuela Lupacino as the penciler, Ray McCarthy as the inker. Uh, I, uh, Lupacino did Starfire in the New 52, yes. the last one. It is one of my favorite New 52 books. I think it's one Easily. of the biggest underrated gems. Um, of all the new 52 books, especially towards that tail end. Yeah, Lupacino's really art good. is so gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. And it continues here. It does. As we get, we get Supergirl, and, and less than the, like, the specifics of it. It's uh, We know that Supergirl's on TV. Uh, there's, there's a series that was on CBS. It's now on CW. It's, a, it's definitely are, the thing to talk about dealing yeah. with this book. Uh, so the book starts to steer its way in some ways towards what the the show is dealing with. In the show, she works with the DEO, the Department of Extra Normal Operations. All of a sudden, I forgot. Yeah, Extra Normal Operations. There we go. Um, something that, that wasn't a big part of her past. Right. Through her various stories over the last 50 years or so. Uh, but with that happening in the TV series, it's no surprise to see the DEO show up here in this book, She's working with handlers. Her uh, her parents are there, but in this case, they're listed as handlers. Right. And so they they uh, she's working with Eliza, Eliza Danvers and um, Jeremiah Danvers. They're her foster parents in an, in a in a way because they are handling her. They're kind of you know she's given a secret identity as we find out through the book. Right. She's attending school. So in the show, you have the foster parents, that's Dean Cain and Helen Slater, both uh, classic Histories, Superman yeah, actors, Histories, historical Superman Super act- people. Superman and Supergirl from the uh, movie series. And that's one of the big differences. So this is more governmental. And then in the show, she actually sort of joins in on this organization. But you can you can see the bits and pieces that they're pulling to sort of make this work. In the book, she's still Cara Danvers. Same from the show, but she's got sort of the same uh, costuming that they give her. So there's there's a bit that they're pulling out here. We don't have her working for a, a media center. She's not working for a magazine. Or no, a she's newspaper. going to high school. She's going to high school, so she's we're sort of going even farther back. Yeah, technical high school. I think to kind of put put her a little bit farther away from her parents, you know, in terms of age-wise. Right. Um, I think one of the biggest differences... She's back to being a teenager, essentially. Yeah, especially if you read... If you read the New 52 version versus this, and we know in the series, one of the things that we... One of the things that, that we really loved about the series is that she, as a character, and the way Melissa Benoist plays her, there's just such joy in it. She's just so happy. She's a very it's jolly a great, character. Yeah. And so here, her attitude is a little bit closer to what the show was. The show and the, the classic Supergirl. Yeah, the new, the new 52 start where she's very surly. Because yes. she's, surly she's kind a, of... She's great older than, than Clark... Technically, because right. she's in the stasis pod. Right. She was in the stasis pod at an older age than Clark was when they were both fired off the planet. But because she went the wrong way right. and gets here, she's now younger and Clark's older. And she's older, still 16. And she's still there like, you were my little cousin. Like, you were a baby when I was gone. And now you're trying to tell me what to do and, and all of this. And I like that the, the first year or so of the of the, um, the New 52 Supergirl is actually very good. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, but yeah, I especially with Luke Pacino's art, I did like this book a lot. I understand the changes the changes they're making. You've got to show that you know potentially millions of people are watching. If you want to bring your synergy closer to that, that show, vertical integration, you gotta yeah, especially if it's something like Supergirl that has got such a varied history. Anyway, right. they're reprinting the Peter David stuff now, and you kind of forget when you read it 
how different it was than oh, anything yeah. they had done before. You know, she had a different name and a different power set and all these other things. And then they've also been doing... Even um, in the 90s, you didn't really have Supergirl because yeah. of Crisis on Infinite Earths. When you they had, had a different the, Supergirl. The, yeah, when she comes back in Superman Batman, the second one, the second yes. uh, arc by the late Michael Turner doing the art with uh, Jeff Loeb as they brought her back in and then she got her own series and everything. So, And I think especially the more modern version of Supergirl kind of feels close to that Jeff Loeb, Mike Turner version because yeah. she gets to Earth and she understands the age difference. But she also is still a teenager, and and Jeff Loeb's writing and Mike Turner's, especially his his facial expressions, really brought yeah. a lot of joy to the character. Uh, one of my favorite scenes from that series is Lois takes her shopping, just because like, hey, you need clothes, we gotta start getting your life set up, and it's just one of these great moments of like a good bonding moment between all of the characters because they kind of drag Clark along, <laughs> and uh, just the moments of like, yeah, she's she's still a teenage girl. And I like that they did that really, really sweet, and they made her really lovable. But they also gave her that bite, because she knows she's got superpowers. I can blow up the planet if I want to. And this is starting to feel, getting close to that, bringing back the fun of the Supergirl character. Yeah, I I like the book, and one of the things I like about the book is that it doesn't have anything to do with Superman at the moment. So you still have that moment somewhere down the line. We'll get that moment where she, the the post-New 52, the only thing it mentions in it, is that part of the reason that she joins DEO is because her Superman, a Superman on this planet, on this New 52 sort of thing, is dead. And right. in order to kind of help and, and take his spot... Right. She's... Because she is the same character, so she's got that sort of... Uh, you know, she had that, 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 that... There's the same sort of attitude that she had throughout that series that was kind of more... <sighs> surly i guess yeah, yeah surly is she was in she, a way uh, yeah a, a bit of a grouch hey she was a red lantern at, at one point that's right she was wasn't she because she had a lot of rage yeah, I lost, in her I lost the last time um but I yeah think when she's talking to Superman. yeah she's talking to uh um they do bring a uh, director chase back which is cool as the head of the deo uh she says that you know you came looking to us to carry on the the work that your late cousin began and, you know, we open the book, her powers are gone, and they're trying to restart her powers. It's kind of the, the plot of it. Right. But again, for, for something like this, I, I think the plot wasn't as important as kind of discussing some of those changes. I thought that was a much more interesting topic right. to kind of discuss. But yeah, especially book, because I think Supergirl out of the, is a huge yeah. TV show for CW. To touch on is important. Yeah, out of the ones we read, I, I, I like Supergirl a lot. And again, part of it is also I'm... I love Lupacino's art. It's art. Absolutely. It's beautiful. It's, beautiful it's, it's, it's disgustingly And it's good, fun, so. especially, especially when, I, I know we talk about it a lot, is that a lot of times comics can get pretty dark and pretty gritty. That's sort of the, the if you, zeitgeist. If you want the opposite of dark and gritty, go get Starfire. So, yeah, go get Starfire. Starfire Check is out Supergirl. amazing, yeah. That's why I'm really loving uh, the Peter Tomasi Superman series as well. Oh, yes. Which, again, the public consciousness is like, oh, dark and gritty, dark and gritty, dark and gritty. And that's why, DC that's why Suicide Squad was is getting success. away from that in Rebirth, which is something I greatly appreciate. I like picking up a book well, yeah, like Supergirl. That was part of it. This is just fun. She's fun. The characters around her are a little bit more serious, but as a character who is still sort of that same version from the New 52 is, okay, Superman is dead, and her character has changed versus the way she started out. Yeah. So I appreciate it, and I appreciate a good, fun book. And I yeah. flipped uh, through Superman. You mentioned as well. Superman, yeah. We'll talk about it because it is one of our favorites. Superman number five is out, and uh, Tomasi and I think Gleason actually gets part of the plot credit, but Doug Mankey fills in that art. Uh, yeah, Tomasi and Gleason get the story credit, which is is really good. And of course, we love Patrick Gleason's art. And I said it from the start: Patrick Gleason reminds me a lot of Doug Mankey. They are they they are separate, but they've got sort of the same. 
they're in the same circle sort of thing. I don't even think it's two sides of the same. I think they're, they're in the same zygist, you know, it's like, there's a tone, there's a, there's a feeling. I think they evoke the same kind of style. Mankey fills in here for number five and it is, again, it's bloody gorgeous. This is again, this Superman and detective comics are two books that I cannot, uh, recommend enough. Detective comics and rebirth is, is still far and away. My favorite. It's been absolutely fantastic. The two artists on it, Eddie Barrows and, um, I want to say it's Alex Fernandez, but I'm wrong. Uh, I can't remember at the moment, but the the Eddie Barrow's uh, partner, yeah, I'm going to call it, because it re- you really don't feel the difference. No, no. You know, you can tell that they're different, but they're again, they're in the same kind of world. Um, in that book, the, the dialogue in it's fantastic. All the characters are fantastic. So Superman and Detective Comics are still, are, are one and two. Like, go get, if you're not reading that book, you're doing yourself a, a huge disservice. disservice. Uh, so with that, we're going to wrap up our James Bond podcast. Uh, I know some of you have probably been hearing this a lot. Just so you know, we don't have Lockjaw. Uh, I sometimes doodle. I kind of need something to do, especially when Sebastian's going on. You know, I'm listening. I'm either making notes or whatever. And if I have it in my hand, I do this all the time. We also record that in a comic book store. So we do record in a comic book you'll store. You'll probably hear a lot of bleeps and bloops. I know we mentioned it in the first episode. So again... Yeah, you'll hear some things here and there. We've you'll got people. We've got people on the other side of our back room eating lunch, so you'll have certain pieces that you'll hear out in the background. But that's what it's because, like you said, we, we record in a comic shop. We're recording at Earth Two Comics in Northridge that generously donate their space and time for us. Well, my time really, uh, <laughs> in order to do this. So uh, Earth Two Comics, of course, located in Sherman Oaks and Northridge. We are a Rebirth home. We have everything Rebirth that you could ever want is here in the store, ready for you to pick up. Um, and we also have tons of trades. We've got new 52 trades. We'll have the rebirth trades when they come up. We have the James Bond hardcover that we were talking about earlier. Parker. We'll probably talk about some other cool, uh, collections as we go forward. Some pieces, some of our favorites, I know Sebastian and I, our tastes kind of run the same, but I think we both have some pieces that we're really excited. They about. run the same, but we also, we also have our own. Yeah. There's pieces the stuff that we want to champion at some point. Well, that is yours. Oh, look at that. I, got a pouch I was, I was like, what, what the heck is this pouch doing on the on the table? I don't know what the heck that is. Now I know what it is. Um, so, yeah. So, that's kind of, you know, going forth. We're going to continue with Rebirth, but we're, you know, we're going to slowly start to move into, you know, maybe doing a, a different picks and stuff like that as we get going, as hopefully this will continue. Sebastian hasn't got too tired of me yet. Nope. Um, so, yeah. For this week, that's going to wrap it up um, for Sebastian. Uh, this is your host, Chris, saying we will talk to you next week.